God's leading. He's preparing the heart of someone in this moment. And as a deacon, I get to uh, prayerfully consider who it is that the Lord has for this church to come. And uh, it's an honor to be able to have a part in that. And uh, it is a amazing to know that we have a church that prays and a church that desires the next man of God here. And in that, it can give to the deacons a, um, an encouragement to know that we don't only, we're not the only ones doing this, but we have a church behind us uh, that is desiring the same thing. So I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys that come. <clears throat> I've been so encouraged in this season of being between, because truly, uh, statistically, if we were to look at it, many churches drop in a lot of numbers. And we're not, numbers aren't everything, but a lot of people leave when the pastor leaves. But this church has actually grown. And that's a testament to what God is doing in the body of Christ here in the believers that attend here on a Sunday. There's something going on behind the scenes that's encouraging to me as a deacon. And I'm just expecting great things. To expect anything else would be a failure, right? When we're talking about God. God doesn't fail. God is awesome. And God is going to provide a next shepherd in this place. So I'm excited about who it is. Don't even know yet. But it's going to be really interesting and fun to see God work because God does work and he will provide. So this morning, I want to take a look at uh, Luke chapter 3. We're going to be talking a little bit about John the Baptist and how what he has to say to the people of that day might relate to us in this moment uh, to encourage us to be people Um, that are filled with hope and filled with uh, desire and ultimately a people that are filled with the Spirit. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. We have no stage lights up here? Um, So Luke chapter, yeah, Luke chapter 3, verse 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea, and the region of Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene. While Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went in all the region, he went into all of the region around the Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance. For the remission of sin. As as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying. A voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. That every valley shall be filled. And every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough ways made smooth. And all shall see the salvation of the Lord. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath that is to come? Therefore, bear good fruits worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham 
as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children from Abraham from these very stones. And even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So, so the people asked him, saying, Well, what shall we do then? And he answered them and said to them, He who has one tunic, give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. The tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed you. And likewise, we see the soldiers as they came, asking, What shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone, and do not accuse, or do not accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Now, as the people were in expectation and reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying, to all of them, indeed I baptize you with water, but the one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor and gather into the wheat, gather the wheat into his barn, and the shaft he will burn in an unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his, brother's, his brother, Philip's wife, and all of the evils which he had done, which Herod had done, also added to this above all, that he shut him up in prison. When all of the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like as of a dove, and a voice came from heaven, which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Father, in this moment, God, I just pray that your blessing upon the scripture, God, that you would have us to listen to and hear this morning. Would you anoint this message, God, to the ears of the people in this place, God, that you would speak to the hearts and lives to each of us, God, that we would turn from the things that, God, you want us to turn from, and we would run into your arms. So I just pray, Father that you would speak in a mighty way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so as I was preparing for this, I did a lot of study on a lot of different things and gathered a lot of information. And, and, and you know, sometimes a lot of that can be too much and it clouds the things that God wants to say. But God wants to break it down into a place where it's understandable for all to hear. So as I go through this today, I pray that that's what he does for each of us, that he speaks to our hearts as John was speaking to the hearts of the people that he was supposed to speak to in this day. We know that uh, as he starts out in verse 1 that he, he's describing who's in power in that day, describing internationally who's in power, nationally who's in power, local people that are in power, you know, at the, at the local level with the priests. And we know that it was a difficult time to be under the, under the authority of that rule. It was said that Herod and a lot of the other uh, leaders in that day were ruthless in their rule over the people. And some called them inhumane uh, in the ways that they treated people. And uh, so as we go through here, I just want to continue to unravel this a little bit. Um, a little bit about John before I go. Um, John was a... 
A man born with a purpose. God called him from his mother's womb, filled him with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. And Jesus spoke of John saying, he's a lamp burning in the desert. And he also, Jesus also talked of him as being, there's no other man born of a woman that is greater than John the Baptist. John was a man with a purpose on a mission to do what God had called him to do. And he will fulfill that mission. And that's what made John great. He was, a, he was a guy that heard from the Lord, did what the Lord wanted him to do, and he finished his call in a way that honored God and led people to the Lord. So as we go here, <clears throat> talks about, okay, also John went out into the wilderness as, as a young man. We, we all know if, we, if we're familiar with John the Baptist that he was this uh, hermit type of a guy that didn't, uh, didn't hang around with a lot of people or, or really anyone for a long time. It said that in the Bible that, you know, or in my reading that, that sometimes people thought that it might have been up to 15 or 20 years that John was wandering around in the desert by himself, fully relying who on who? Only God. He had no other thing to, to rely upon. He had nothing to eat other than what he could forage in the wilderness. There wasn't any, any ravens bringing him meat to, or scraps of meat to eat like it happened in, 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 the other, in other books of the Bible where people were in the desert wandering. But he says that he came out of the desert wearing a tunic of camel hair and a leather belt. And what a sight to see in that day for the people as John came out of the desert having a diet of only... Honey and locusts. Now, I've heard locusts are pretty good if you boil them, but I don't know that I'd want to try it. Maybe with a little honey, it might make them taste better. I don't know. But, but that's John, you know. And here, so here he is. He's coming out of the desert uh, and after communing with the Lord for all of these years. And it said that as he was in the desert, that the, that the Lord laid upon him the word that he had for John to speak to the people. What would it have been like in that moment to have the word of God not just given to you, but land upon you. Something that would come upon you in a way that was undeniable, that was filled with his presence, that was filled with his spirit, that every word that God spoke to John, he was soaking it in and he knew exactly what it was that his mission was to be about. So as he walked out of that desert and he comes onto the scene, It says that he went into all the region around the Jordan and he was preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Repentance in today's church isn't the most inviting word for a lot of people. Repentance is not a word that really is spoken of a whole lot in the church anymore because repentance is not an easy thing for a lot of us at certain times. But repentance is something that comes into our lives that allows us to be changed. It's a, it's a line in the sand where the, the old man is pushed back and we're choosing the new way that God has for us. I'm making a decision today to turn from the sinful life that I once lived so that I can live a victorious life, a saved life, a life filled in the spirit with Christ. John has a passion on his heart 
because of the word that God gave to him. And he wants to go in to all of the regions around the Jordan River Valley. If we look at the Jordan River Valley, it was a, it was a place way away from, from, the, uh, from the population, miles away, 30, 40 miles away. And here's John walking through the wilderness, going to villages here and villages here on this side and that side of the Jordan, preaching this word of repentance to the people. The people were desiring a word from the Lord. You see, it had been 400 years since the word of the Lord had been present to the people. When we leave the book of Malachi, there's 400 years that pass of complete silence. There's no word from prophets. The Lord has refused to speak. The people are wandering in this moment of not having uh, this encouragement that comes from God. So here we, now we stand in this moment and all of a sudden John comes walking out, this crazy looking guy comes walking out and he says, you need to repent. He's calling people sin out in their life. Amazing, the boldness that God gave this man to speak a word to a people he's never met. But knowing the heart of man, John spoke that word. Because we are a sinful man. Even in this day, we are a sinful man. So as it is written in in the words of Isaiah saying, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth. In that day when dignitaries or kings or, or people of, of, of power would be coming to uh, your town or a different town, the, uh, the leaders in that town would, would uh, ask people to go out and announce the coming of this king or this dignitary that is coming to make the roads smooth, smooth out the ridges smooth, and, and fill in the little dips and valleys, make it a smooth uh, road for the people to come as they travel to the city. So the people could understand what John was saying and they were expecting something that was coming. So, as, so here's John. This is one, another one of John's missions is to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. So he is saying these things, which is very familiar to the people. Prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. He wasn't talking, and many of us know this, but he wasn't talking about the roadways of our lives. He was talking about the roadways of our heart. John's mission was to come and to prepare a heart in a person to receive the coming of the Lord. That was his mission in life, is to speak repentance through baptism, to set someone to, in a place where they can receive And this was prophesied in Isaiah and Malachi. So as he's walking out of the desert, people are realizing they've got, they've got, they've got, you know, handed down through generations. They knew, they knew this word that was prophesied some 400 years ago and they were in waiting of these things to be in fulfillment. And now all of a sudden they are seeing these things. And the question today, I guess, would be, is our hearts, is the pathways of our hearts 
in a good place where we can receive the coming of the king? Or are we choosing to continually live in the sinful life and the sin nature that we all carry without having the ability or the moment where we repent? John's, John's message was a tough message. It wasn't an easy message, not for a preacher or a pastor or, or, or someone like me to preach. But it was such an important message to the people because without this, there would be nothing beyond that. It would be a place of an end, really. You have already gained what you gained and that's all you're gonna gain. But John is trying to encourage the people that if they desire what's coming, if they desire the things of the Lord, if they desire to be a greater people, then they need to have the ability to repent and not just repent once, but repent daily. I know that in my life, it's a need in my life to repent continually daily because I know the sinful thoughts I have. I know the sinful actions that I would have and I know what the sin would do in my life if I didn't have the ability to repent. And thank God that we have a God that forgives. He doesn't only forgive, he forgets. And he gives us the strength to walk on. And today, that gives me an excitement because without that, I would be lost. But in this, he's saying that all flesh will see the salvation of God through the repentance and the obedience of man through the preaching of his word. But John just doesn't stop there. He continues to preach and sometimes a quite scathing message that's not, you know, he just keeps ramping it up and uh, showing the people what it's going to be. If they have a choice to make, we have a choice to make every day. And so did they. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized him, you brood of vipers. It's like, wow, what, a, what an opener for a message when he, when he calls the people out and calls them that. You know, you slimy snakes. It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that he was looking at. And he knew in the hearts what that Pharisee was. was. He said, but these Pharisees, we know, and, and as we read scripture, the Pharisees are, are, are people that have this veneer or this appearance of something great. There, I'm this righteous man. I'm this holy man. You need to acknowledge me in everything that I do and everything that I say. I demand you to be this for me, because I'm lifting up me. I'm not lifting up Christ. I'm lifting, trying to lift me up. And he knew when they came out to, to, the, to the waters to be baptized, he knew the corruption that was in their heart. He knew, he saw through the veneer, and he cut to the heart by calling them, you brood of vipers. Therefore, bear fruits, he says, worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these very stones. It doesn't matter who you're affiliated with. It doesn't matter your heritage. It doesn't matter the line that you come from, whether you're from a priestly line or, or my uncles and aunts or all of these were great Christians. We cannot rely upon that. And many times in my conversations with people, I've seen it and I've heard it and it's, it's burdened my heart because many people think that they're okay. Because I have a praying mother. Or I've grown up in church my whole life. I'm all right. I don't need this. But he's saying, look, it doesn't matter who you're affiliated with. 
Because God can take that stone right there and raise up a child, you know, make a child of Abraham out of it. So don't tell me, basically, that you're greater because you're not. The scathing message. But he's calling them out to bear the fruits worthy of repentance. Prove to me by the way that you live your life that you're worthy of this baptism, that you have repented, that you have turned from your ways. Then I will baptize you. And then he goes on to even even greater. He's like, even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. In this day, this analogy would be very uh, uh, familiar to them because many of them would plant trees that bared fruit so that they would have things to eat, things to sell, ways to make a living. And each one of them know, just as we know, if we think about it, you go into a vineyard or you go into an orchard, if a tree is not bearing fruit, what do we do with it? We cut it down because it's of no use. That's what he's saying. He, he's saying, even now the ax is laid to that tree. If you do not bear fruit, if you are not an individual that bears fruit, the ax is laid at the root, waiting to chop you down. Scary for me and hard for me to speak, but it's the truth of God's word. And that's why I bring it today. So hear the voice of the Lord, I pray. Not the voice of Barry. I love you guys. But I want to continue to to speak this word. So the people asked him. They were so stirred in their hearts because of the message. They asked him, so then what shall we do? What do we do? You know, many of them probably didn't really know. But they heard the message and it was tough. So what shall we do? They asked John. And he said to them, you who have two tunics, give to him that have one, that have none. And, and, those, and, and give food to those that do not have any food. Basically, be, be someone that shares the provision that God has given to you. He, that's what he's saying. That's he his answer to this scathing message. He is answering in a, in a very easy way. He's not demanding certain things for these people to change from who they are. So, but now we see the tax collectors, the hated people of that time because of the corruption that was in their heart. They came and asked him, well, what shall we do? And he said, collect no more than that's appointed to you. Quit stealing from the people. Be a good tax collector. I'm not asking you to not be a tax collector, but take what Rome wants and no more than that. Quit stealing from the people. And then we see the soldiers likewise came asking, well, then what shall we do? And he said to them, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely or, and be content with your wages. He's calling the sin out in these people's lives, but he's not asking them to really change their vocation. But just be good at what you do. Be honest at what you do. Be a good people in the things that you do. I love that about God. You know, he's not asking for something that's impossible. 
He's just asking for something that should be natural to us. It says that in in verse 15, now that the people, now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was Christ or not, John answered saying to all of them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. Such a stirring message. Such a cutting to the heart that it left the people in expectation of the one that was coming. John was fulfilling in this moment the purpose he was born for, the pointing to the one that is coming. Don't look to me. For indeed, I baptize you with water for the remission of your sin. You have repented. And this washing, this cleansing of baptism is a symbol that you identify with Christ. Many of us understand many of the things that I'm speaking this morning, but I think it's good to reiterate sometimes and and, and gather it back in and take the things that we need to grab the meat and allow that to feed our souls. So as we see this happening, the people are in expectation and they're wondering in their hearts, "Is is this... is this Christ right here? Is this the guy? Because the way he was preaching, can you know? Correction has a love in it, right? I mean, John—he's really preaching a love message. It's a tough love message. But if he didn't love the people, if he wasn't filled with the Spirit, he wouldn't have the ability to love the people, and he wouldn't speak a message that would ultimately set the people free. But he loved them so much that he gave his entire life, almost like Christ in a way. He's this forerunner of Christ, paving the way for Christ to come. He gave his whole life because he had a purpose and a reason for being, and he knew it. And he was a selfless person, putting himself out so that God could increase and that John could decrease. But he's always pointing to Christ. Look, the one that is mightier than I is coming and whose sandal straps I'm not even worthy to loose. I'm I'm not even worthy to be one of his slaves that would take care of his sandals at his coming home. Seeing himself even lesser than a servant, a slave servant to someone that many of them had in that day people to take care of their every needs for him. I'm lesser than that person. But pointing the way to the one that is coming, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. That's an exciting thing. That's an infilling of the Holy Spirit that will set you free to soar like the eagles soar, not hindered by the ways of this world, but he's setting us through, through what? Through the remission and the repentance of sin in our life. We are gaining the ability to come onto the scene and have to, not just to be baptized and be forgiven, but also receive that spirit that God has promised. What an incredible God that we serve. A God that just doesn't want to give us a portion. He wants to give us all of it. And it's up to us today to receive that. But it goes on to saying, you know, 
You can have this, but I tell you, his winnowing fork or his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barns and the shaft he will burn in an unquenchable fire. Speaking of the judgment that is to come, prepare yourself because there is a judgment that's coming that we will all stand before. We stand in a serious moment and it's a moment though because it excites me that we do stand in a moment that is serious. But we have a God that so loves us that he's preparing a way for us to not have to go through that judgment. Not have to, uh, that we don't have to um, be condemned. We don't have to be separated and burned in an everlasting fire where the shaft will be. The people that did not receive him, the people that did not want anything to do with him, but we will be the wheat that he gathers into his barn and we will commune with him for a lifetime and an eternity in heaven. John goes on to, with many other exhortations, preach to the word or preach the word to the people. John wasn't only calling out the average people. He was pointing and calling out the people in power in that day. He was calling them out for the ways that they lived their lives. He knew that they were corrupt. He knew that they were self-seeking. He knew the sin that they carried and, 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 the, and the things that they were, that they were um, dwelling in. And he called them out and Herod just couldn't handle it. Herod had become intimate with his brother's wife and he kept calling him out for that. He was intimate with Herodias Herod was, he was, he was actually married at the time that he was having these relations with Herodias. And John was calling him out in front of everyone. And Herodias couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle it. It enraged her. She wanted nothing but to kill, have John killed And later on, as he continues on this journey, he does end up having his head served to her on a platter for the things that he's saying, for preaching the word, for preaching repentance, for for preaching uh, being baptized in the spirit, for preaching the things and condemning them for the sin that they live in. So we see after John is thrown in prison that when all the people were baptized, it says they came to past that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form as like as of a dove. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. That beloved son can be me and it can be you today for the things that he's leading us to. He's preparing the way of our hearts this morning. As we speak these words, there's people all around us that need to hear these words. Not easy words to speak, but they're words of love. They're words that, of compassion because we don't want to see this happen to people. We don't want people to go through this, but there's such an importance that we have to understand that we need to, as individuals, and many of us understand this, we need to repent daily and come before the Lord, lay our sins before the Lord and say, God, I understand the seriousness of this 
I understand the, 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 the judgment that is coming, but I need to be cleansed today from these things that come against me every moment that I lift my head from the pillow until the time I go to sleep at night. Even in sleep, I've had the enemy attack me. Even in my sleep, God gave me a dream one time about me being baptized in the spirit. And even in that dream, can I tell you that the enemy was present? Unbelievable to me. I could tell you different stories, but I'm just gonna say that that it's amazing how the enemy wants to come in and, and pollute what God is trying to do in the land and in us by preparing our hearts to receive him, getting us to a place where we have come to surrender. So this morning, I don't know where this finds us. It's not an easy message for me to preach, but I, like I said, this is what the Lord has laid on my heart. And... Uh, Sometimes in order to move forward and to move forward with an excitement and a passion and a desire and an excitement for what God is doing, we've got to be a people that repent. Until the church repents, until the church daily repents, until the church is filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, that there's something burning inside of us that does not let us quit. We may not be the victorious people that God has called us to be. But when we do that, when we live our lives in that fashion and in that way, God begins to fill us with his spirit and something begins to boil inside of me. And I know that I'm different from the old man. And every day this, this sanctification process is taking place in my life and it's setting me free. I'm gaining one step after the next step after the next step, but I'm walking with Christ and he is gently leading me to a place of rejoicing, a place of victory, a place of not being condemned by the sins of the world, a place of not, someone not pointing me out for being the hypocrite that I could be, but a place of celebration, a place of coming to church on Sunday and shouting with a voice of triumph in worship to our king because I know what he's done in me. I know what he's doing in me and I love him and I praise him and I shout victory to my king. Amen. And there's a day that I will go home and I will spend an eternity before my king rejoicing in a way that is unbelievable. The Bible says it, is, it will be a joy unspeakable and filled with the glory of God. What a day that will be when we see Jesus face to face. When we see Jesus come to fruition in our lives, when we as John go through this mission to the end of our baptism moment where we baptize Christ, he fulfilled his journey. He fulfilled his purpose. God's got a purpose for you and he has a purpose for me. And today he's speaking to that in your hearts. But there's coming a day when we, when we walk in that fulfillment when he'll call us home when we have fulfilled our purpose. And what a day that's gonna be. 
I don't know about you, but I get excited when I begin to think about these things. I want this more than life itself. I want this more than anything that this world could ever offer. Believe me, I've drowned myself in alcohol. I've drowned myself in drugs. I've done all of these things, but it leaves me high and dry. 20 some years ago, that was my life. My daughter's never heard that, but it was my life. I was in sin up to here, going to church my entire life. But I was this sinful man, filled with lies, filled with the deceit. Someone you probably couldn't really trust. But I came to a moment in my life where I couldn't do it anymore. There was the preaching of the word I heard. There was, there was the, 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 the Holy Spirit was speaking to my life. There was people behind the scenes in my life that were crying out in prayer, God help him, save him from the grips of the world, get a hold of him and set him free because we don't want to see things happen to him in his life. We know that you have a call on his life. I don't know who they were. I don't know what they said, but it might've been something like that. And I can tell you today that wherever you are in your life, that there's someone, God has some one crying out, interceding on your behalf, crying out with a heart filled with passion that you might make it. And I'm telling you today, I stand before you a repented man this morning. My first, the first service was what the first service was. It was difficult. But we serve a God that loves people. And I'm going to go forth in faith from this moment. I could surrender. I could, I could throw in the towel and walk away after the first service. I really could. I could never do this again because it was so humiliating to me. But I know that the Holy Spirit spoke to lives. He did because it's not about me. It's not about how I deliver. It's not about you. It's not about how you deliver. It's about you and me delivering the things that God has for the people that are all around us. Just the same thing for John. It was a delivery system. And John was the fulfillment of the prophecy that we saw some 400 years earlier in the book of Isaiah and the book of Malachi. And there's things that, uh, that I could unpack that, that would prove it that Jesus was the fulfillment. He is the Messiah. And today he loves you and today he loves me and today he loves everyone out there that doesn't know him. And there's a call on their life. There's a call on your life. And today I would ask that if you are in a moment that you're in need of surrendering, would you surrender? Would you please surrender? Because the life that he has for you is so much greater than words can even begin to put together. And it has such a great importance in the kingdom of God. I love you guys today. And I... I, I can only preach to you with a passion and a love that God has given me. Truly, I mean, many people probably in this room, and I know probably first service, there's a few people that knew who I used to be. And I've been saved for over 20 years now, and I've preached in a lot of different churches. And I've stood before people that knew who I was. But I'm not that man anymore. Thank God I'm not that man anymore. Because salvation 
is mine, saith the Lord. And it can be yours or whoever you desire to speak the truth to today. Pray with me. These altars will be open. I'll be here to pray with you. If there's any deacons or prayer team here, please come forward. If you, if the Lord is speaking to your heart and you're desiring to just either pray by yourself or have someone pray with you, please, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of repentance. Today is the day where the truth of the word is present. The Holy Spirit is in this place, in this moment speaking to hearts and speaking to lives. Why? Because he loves you guys. He wants the greatness and the purpose of why he has allowed you to be born, to come to a place of something beautiful. Father, we praise you, Lord, today. What an incredible God you are. So amazing. So amazing, God.